0: Daily with Jason Martitas. Alright, here it is your Wednesday edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, June 16th edition. And we have great news. The great news. I, I don't think a lot of us are shocked by it because we know the dignity with which this young man handled the fight of his life. Oscar Limblom was awarded the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. That is great news. It is well-deserved. It is earned. It's, it's not an award. It's a recognition. And it goes to the player who best embodies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to the game of hockey. Now, Oscar, of course, last year was nominated for the award, nominated again this year, and is the recipient of that award this year. All the people that are nominated for it, all great. All great causes, This isn't about winners and losers, but it's great to see Oscar be honored. Because the way he handled his fight with such dignity and class and uh, with the Ewing sarcoma. So, very happy for him. Very happy he's cancer-free. And hope he remains that way for the remainder of his time on this planet. So, uh, here's the good news, too. Oscar is going to be our guest on Friday's episode Of Flyers Daily. And I can't wait to talk to him. So much to talk to him about. So, again, Oscar Lindblom awarded the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. All right. So, let's move on in this episode. Um, This is going to be a little bit of a public service announcement right here, just to start us off before we get to some Twitter questions and concerns. But a bit of a public service announcement. Now, I don't like to tell people, I've been in the media a long time, I don't like to tell people how to think. You know, I have opinions, you have opinions, we go back and forth. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree, sometimes I think someone's opinion's crazy, they think mine's crazy. That's the great thing about sports, it's that debate. But I will tell you this, that when Elliot Friedman said what he said on uh, yesterday's 31 Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick, uh, the following, he said, someone had told, regarding Dougie Hamilton, someone had told me Philly, then thought, was going to be bit Here's what Elliott Friedman said on Thirty One Thoughts, the podcast with Jeff Marrick regarding Dougie Hamilton and the Flyers. He said, "Quote: Someone had told me Philly they thought was going to be a. Someone had told me Philly they thought was going to be big on him earlier in the day, but then I got some pushback on them later. Someone said to me the. Someone said to me that Philly's targets is not Hamilton. I think more likely it's Jones or something else, but I heard that Hamilton." was not philly's top target so needless to say when that came out and circulated all over twitter and uh, the internet there there's a certain portion of fans that freaked out now dougie hamilton is the highest pedigree defenseman on the free agent market kind of like alex petrangelo last summer or last offseason and when your team had the gave up the most goals in the nhl as the flyers did this past season and then you hear that that he's not their top target Some fans freak out. But what you have to realize is while we look at things in a very black-and-white, cut-and-dry fashion from the outside, on the inside, there's a lot of things to consider. General managers and organizations, they have to consider not only how that cap hit of what a guy like Dougie Hamilton may get in a contract with either seven or eight years if they trade for his rights prior or they do the sign-and-trade with Carolina— How that fits with his salary cap moving forward. You know, sometimes it's better for a team to make a trade than to just acquire a guy through free agency. And you go, well, why is that? That's crazy. Why would you want to lose something when you can get a better option and you don't even have to trade anything to get him? Because sometimes you need to trade something to get him because you need to trade money to get to be able to fit a free agent that's going to, you know, cost you the amount of money that a guy like Dougie Hamilton is going to cost. And while he is the best best option, number one, I I totally agree, and I'd love to get Dougie Hamilton, if you were to do that, you still have the cost per acquisition where you have to find ways to shed salary. So when you look at a guy like Seth Jones, maybe that does make more sense for the Flyers because in a Seth Jones deal, while you're going to send picks or you may send a prospect as part of it, you're also probably going to send a player with a decent amount of money attached to him as well. And it's one less contract that you have to try and remove to make that work going forward. Now, the other reason why Seth Jones may be more of an option for a team like the Flyers is that next year, when the Flyers are still up against it a little bit with the cap, he is under contract for $5 million. So year one of Seth Jones is a bargain. Now, beyond that, you're not trading for him unless you can extend him. And it's going to cost. You're, you're going to be—you're probably going to have a contract anywhere between seven point eight and $8.8 million at seven-year term. Now, he's only 27, so he is a young player. He's not, you know, over 30. So there's a lot of elements to consider. Now, the public service announcement part of this is this. Don't freak out until you see everything happen because you don't know also— another reason why maybe you trade for a guy like Seth Jones is maybe there's multiple players coming from Columbus here— You're trying to solve multiple needs. They have other pieces that I think the Flyers would be or or, or would consider being interested in. Like a guy I've talked about, Jonas Corposalo. They need a backup goaltender or a tandem goaltender with Carter Hart. If they choose to go the route of a younger guy and say, whoever's playing the best is getting the blue paint, and we're going to push each other, and that's what we're going to go with, then Corposalo fits the bill. And if you want to get the Corposalo deal done – you have to do it with the Seth Jones deal. And you can kill two birds in one transaction in a big hockey trade. So there's a lot of things to consider here. You know, people just, I know you want to freak out. I know this year was frustrating. I i was frustrated by it too. But don't freak out when an insider, and a very educated insider an Elliot Friedman, says, I don't think he's their top target. He didn't say he wasn't a target. People are freaking out like they said, Ah, why would I want the best defenseman in the NHL it's not what he said you have to wait and let and see how things play out before you judge them even if it's the first move that, that may not be the only move I know asking for patience and how an off-season will play out is difficult in this day and age of instant gratification but please the fans that are freaking out because Elliot Friedman said Hamilton is was likely not Philly's top target, come on. Go yell into a pillow. Don't do it and just make it arduous every step of the way. I know it's frustrating. I know we don't like where the team is and what happened this season. I get it. But, geez, don't make it even more arduous than it needs to be. Consider all the facts. Let it play out this offseason. If nothing happens or you don't like what happens, by all means, go bananas. But just when somebody says he's hearing that Hamilton's not their top target, that's not a time to freak out. That's being a little dramatic. All right, let's get to the Twitter questions and concerns. That's the public service announcement portion of the podcast. So I needed to get that off my chest because, frankly, it pisses me off. So I put out a tweet that said uh, a lot of chatter has been happening in regards to the Flyers and interest in high-level players like Dougie Hamilton, like Seth Jones, like Ryan Ellis, like Akolm others. Uh, So I said, fire away with any questions or concerns, and I'll address them on the pod. So let's get right to it now. At Tartan Soul tweeted, and he said, we all know, and the Flyers are looking for a D-man. What do you think is the next important and impactful move we should be looking at, and any potential and realistic examples? Well, I think, you know, another free agent guy, I've mentioned him here on the podcast. I'm really interested in a guy like Mike Hoffman, a guy that can score, a guy that can you know, score off his shot from multiple places on the ice and also a power play weapon. And I don't think he's going to cost you a lot of money, but I have to see how the, the big moves shake out and what you lose really to answer that question. Cause if you're making a trade for a Ryan Ellis or uh, a Seth Jones, they're going to want a young defenseman in exchange. I would think, who are you giving up? Is it a roster player? Is it Phil Myers? That depends. My pecking order changes as moves take place. So I I can't answer it fully right now, but if they were to trade a Phil Myers, I need another top-four defenseman. doesn't have to be a Dougie Hamilton, that super high-end guy, but I need a guy that fits. Remember, before Alain Vigneault's first season, the Flyers made three to four moves that were very impactful. They made the deal for Niskanen with Radko Gudis. That was very impactful. They made the deal for Tyler Pitlick, who was a fourth-line player. You didn't think that meant much, right? But he was great on the penalty kill. Flyers had, I think, the fourth best goal differential in the NHL. They finished that year seventh in scoring and gave up the seventh fewest amount of goals. You know, players like that make a big difference. Obviously, Kevin Hayes was a big move uh, for that year as well. So it does. it's not always those flashy guys that are the ones that are going to take you back to the top. You need a good number one defenseman. You need it. You need to have a very good and stable top pair. I saw this tweet um, on the internet, on Twitter, uh, from Frank Valley because he's referencing this article that Jason Greger, who covers the Edmonton Oilers, wrote about NHL defensemen of the four remaining teams. And Jason Greger did a really interesting deep dive on this. From 2010 to 2020, the teams in the Stanley Cup Finals had a few similar traits on their blue line. Having a legit number one D-man was a must-have, but overall experience and size on the blue line was just as common. You need that. You cannot survive with a young blue line without that veteran element there. So the defensemen from 2010 to 2020, by the way, they averaged from the teams that got to the Stanley Cup final, they averaged six foot two inches tall and 219 pounds. And all had substantial experience as a collective unit of defenders. That's what you need. That's what the Flyers need to accomplish this offseason. All right, next question comes from Michael89461695. Six, six, <laughs> he said, okay, Jason, with either Jones or Hamilton, we will have to move someone to make room for the money. Ghost or JVR goes in expansion. Who else do the Flyers move to get the, quote, mix right? And he says, TK? I think that... Michael that there's very few guys on this roster that aren't an option I think you have to listen on everybody and and this may sound insane to a lot of people you have to even listen on Farabee because he is a winger and I don't want to get rid of Joel Farabee I don't want to get rid there's very few guys I want to get rid of but look if you're if you're in some kind of conversation with a team like Buffalo for Jack Eichel a center and you've got a winger, and you, look, you have to answer. You have to, you have to talk about those things. You have to consider them. Um, if, the, if, the, if you want to make that substantial change and really get something, you have to give something up. The general manager on the other end of the phone is not a dunce. He knows where the extreme value is. And a guy like Joel Farabee's got extreme value. So if you want to get extreme value to come, you're going to have to send it the other way. I don't want to lose Farabee. I don't. But I think there's trades to be made because there wasn't many last year. I think there's going to be a lot this year. Dan Knightley tweets in from north of the border, and Dan says, Columbus is going to draft and development. He said, I think a Jones trade would look like the following. Uh, Morgan Frost and two first-round picks for Seth Jones. What do you think or what are you hearing? Keep up the great work. Um, I, I think they would ask about Frost. Uh, I, I think absolutely this year's first round pick and, and maybe even next year's first round pick is pretty valuable to them because they got a bunch of picks already. So th- that that's a possibility. And you're right. Columbus is going to look for young guys with huge upside that are controllable. That's the thing that Columbus has to look for guys that are under control from a contract standpoint. They keep going through this lather, rinse, repeat of guys getting to their free agency and wanting to leave and that vicious cycle has got to change for them. Uh, at I Wild Dance, you says, Who's one player on Columbus not named Seth Jones you'd like to see with the Flyers next year? I- I've mentioned him a couple times, Jonas Corposalo. He's not a finished product goaltender yet, but he's got it. A- He's got a good skill set, and we're going to get Kevin Woodley on from In goal Magazine again real soon to look at all the options for the Flyers in goal, and we're going to talk about Jonas Corposalo, and we're going to talk about James Reimer, and we're going to talk about a bunch of guys around the league, Morazic, and all these different options, veterans and younger guys uh, to, to be a tandem goaltender with Carter Hart, and we'll get all his expertise on that. But Corpusalo uh, is a guy that I could see I see that as very, po- very possible. Joe Cipriani says, think they'll be in on Eichel. It's interesting. I don't know that teams and the conversations are happening on Eichel just yet. There's still, you have the medical issue that's hanging over this, and I think Eichel's camp and the Sabers' camp is trying to figure that out. And I think the Sabres think maybe if they hire Dan Quinn, who coached Eichel in college, maybe that could save it. So I don't know if that's true or not. That's my gut feeling on it. I don't have any insight on that. Uh, but if he is available, I think there's obviously a conversation there you have to absolutely – take a look at it when a player of that caliber is on the market at that age and, and and under contract for a long period of time. He's under contract for a lot of money, but you have to look at it. You have to do your due diligence there and absolutely look at it. Kevin Yarnell tweets in with a really interesting question slash concern. He says, have we heard anything about Coots? Is there concern in the fact that he's not signed or am I just early? No, you're not. Because they can extend him this off-season. He's going into the final year of his deal. And when he said something at his end-of-the-year press conference about the contract situation, that this is a place he wants to stay, but I, I felt like I got the sense with what he said, and I'm, I was just paraphrasing, that he wanted to see where this thing was headed to because he wants to win. So he's a guy that could go, hey, if we don't straighten this out and start to look like a team that's really ready to contend and do something, then... I may have to look at other options. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to stay here, and he's loyal. But, look, players that haven't haven't won, they want to win. You know, he's going to get his money no matter what. They want to win. You play the game to win. You're, they're competitors, and that's first and foremost. And he's a guy that's a competitor. So, we'll see how that plays out. So, yeah, there was something that kind of stuck out to me. So, you're not off base there. At Chad Lee, he tweets in and says... Are we all way too fixated on Jones slash Hamilton? Has the chatter subsided on guys like Ekholm and Ellis? Yeah, they're not as splashy. You're right. The, the, the chatter or the buzz has not been there for those kind of guys like there is for Jones or Hamilton. And we are fixated because they're the ones being mentioned in, in these reports. Hamilton, first and foremost, with the ability to talk to his agent, they allowed that, the Hurricanes for teams to be able to talk to the agent about what a contract would look like. And with Jones, we know that he's not going to re-sign in Columbus. And he said he wants to take a look at free agency with a year left on his deal. And they're the two big, splashy names, but there's there's other options. They're not the only two options. And they may not be the best options. They may be the better hockey players, but to put all the pieces together from a salary cap standpoint and team building standpoint, they may not be the best options. We'll have to see how that plays out. All uh, right, let's get to one more. Mike Deej tweeted in, and he says, is it me or does Ryan Ellis seem more and more like the perfect fit for the top D pair? He comes with cost certainty and would also allow them the space to add another high-end D man, either in a trade or free agency. Yeah, it's a good point, and that's what, like, kind of what I was just alluding to. You know, he's not the top guy that may be available, and I don't know that he's available or he's not available. Uh, we've heard talk that, you know, Nashville was going to make changes earlier this year. They didn't. They got it together. They made the playoffs. Uh, but he is a guy that is under contract. He's got, a, I think he's got five years left uh, at a 6.25 cap hit. So you do have that. He's 30 years old. He's had some injuries mixed in there. So that that is a concern. Uh, and he, But he's still potentially, not. he's not a Band-Aid fix. I don't think the team's interested in the Band-Aid fix. Like to go out and find a 33-year-old Matt Niskanen-type player again. I think you want to solve this top-pairing defense problem for a long time, along with Ivan Provorov. I, I think that's, that's the option they want to go. Um, but I, I think Ryan Ellis is absolutely a consideration. And if that is what ends up happening, it could be the right move because of what you just said. Cost certainty and fit, I think they're all there. Um, Hamilton is the, the jewel on the market. Seth Jones is as well. And still, the the notion out there that Seth Jones stinks because he had a couple down years on a bad Columbus team. Uh, Look, (laughs) Seth Jones doesn't stink. Uh, People are getting dramatic about it. Look, you're entitled to your opinion to not like him, but to say that he's not a good NHL top pairing, right side, right shot defenseman— I think is ludicrous. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode. Again, uh, Bill Masterson Trophy winner Oscar Lindblom will be Friday's guest. So make sure you check that out. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the next episode of Flyersdale.